0: I'm here on holiday in the south of France and I've popped across the border to the tiny principality of Monaco and Monte Carlo and we've just been to the casino in fact and it's got me humming the song The Man Who Broke the Bank at Monte Carlo made famous by the Victorian musical artist uh, Charles Coburn and of course also by Peter O'Toole in the legendary wartime film Lawrence of Arabia. This is the real story about the man who broke the bank at Monte Carlo, a bit different to usual but I hope you enjoy it. The song refers to English inventor and convicted fraudster, Charles de Wells, who in the summer of 1891, won over four million pounds or $6 million in today's money in several mammoth sessions at the Monte Carlo Casino. Was it fraud or a publicity stunt or pure luck? To this day, no one knows. In fairness, no one remembers Wells, but the song based upon his winning streak remains in the popular imagination and will probably be stuck in your head too by the end of this episode. Charles de Wells was born in 1841 in Broxbourne, Hertfordshire which is just north of London. Early in his childhood his father moved to France to become an English teacher and young Charles was not to see his homeland for over 30 years. And by the time he returned he was on the run. Finishing his education Wells found work in the docks in Marseille where in 1868 he invented a device that helped regulate the speed of ships' propellers. Selling the patent for 5,000 francs, which is something like 30,000 pounds today, the 27-year-old Wells headed off to Paris. And here he set up a company which planned to build a railway near Calais. Unfortunately for the enthusiastic punters who bought shares in his company, there was a slight problem. There was no railway. Before the truth was exposed, Wells had fled to England, and in his absence, a French court convicted him of fraud. Now, safe from the French authorities, in London, Charles Wells repeated his scam. This time, touting a variety of inventions that lucky investors could get rich quick on the back of. Once again, there were no inventions and no returns for the investors. Amazingly, people willingly handed over their money. One backer, lost well over £1 million in today's money. And before you think this was just stupid rich people who were getting their just desserts, some of his investors were ordinary working-class people. One labourer from Liverpool invested his whole life savings to improve his and his family's lot, only to see it stolen. Frustrated with her husband's descent into criminality, his wife returned to France, taking their teenage daughter with her. And now things took a decisive turn. Charles Wells fell hopelessly in love with a woman over 25 years his junior, Jeanette Paris. The 21-year-old Jeanette seemed to enjoy an extravagant lifestyle and Wells was desperate to impress her. <laughs> There's nothing like an old fool in love. To that end, he decided to buy a luxury yacht on which they could entertain in style and be the talk of high society. The only problem was that, despite his current scams, he didn't have enough money to purchase the boat that he had in mind. He needed some more cash, a lot more cash. And so it was that in July 1891, he stepped through the doors of the casino at Monte Carlo. What happened next became the stuff of gambling legend and popular folklore. He broke the bank at Monte Carlo. As we all know, the maxim in casinos is the house always wins, eventually. Nevertheless, excepting that some gamblers have a lucky run, at the beginning of the day's play, each roulette table in the casino at Monte Carlo was given a reserve of 100,000 francs. If the table ran out of that reserve, then the casino would declare that the bank had been broken. A black cloth was ceremoniously draped over the table, sort of drawing a parallel with mourning, whilst more funds were brought up from the vaults. So, whilst it's implied both in the phrase and in the popular song, the National Bank was not cleared out, the Principality of Monaco was not bankrupted, and indeed, neither was the casino. It was just one particular playing table. Nevertheless, most of us would be happy just breaking that bank. Remember that 100,000 francs in 1891 equates to something like £400,000 today. And for my American folks, that's about half a million dollars. The bank at the casino at Monte Carlo had been broken before. But in the next five days, Charles Deville Wells broke it about ten times. Playing for 11 hours each day without stopping for food or comfort breaks, he kept on winning. On one of those winning streaks, he won 23 out of 30 spins on the wheel. Most famously, he successfully bet on the number five on five consecutive turns of the wheel. Eventually, Wells left Monte Carlo with over a million francs, worth something like four million pounds, six million dollars in today's money. So what was the secret to his success? Well, let's be frank. With his track record in Paris and London, fraud is certainly not beyond the realms. Give a dog a bad name and all of that. Wells claimed that he had developed an infallible system. And before you say, yeah, likely story, don't forget that early in his life, he had invented that device to regulate the speed of ship's propellers. Maybe he had worked out a flaw in the roulette tables. He wouldn't have been the first. 10 years previously, another Englishman, Joseph Jagger, a textile businessman from Yorkshire, had also broken the bank at Monte Carlo. It seems that with his textile manufacturing knowledge, He had realised that roulette wheels lost their balance. And having studied the wheels in the casino for a month, he then placed bets on the numbers that, due to that imbalance, the ball landed on most frequently. Maybe, Wells had done something similar. There is a slightly more Machiavellian alternative. Was it a publicity stunt conducted by Wells and the owner of the casino, Camille Blanc? Whilst breaking the bank cost the casino in the short term, The whole theatrics of the black cloth laid over the table and the winner, in this case Wells, becoming headline news attracted swarms of gamblers to the casino to try their luck. Interestingly, within a few years of Charles Wells' win the value of the Blanc family shareholdings had doubled to over £120 million in today's money. They were to be wealthy enough to marry into European royalty. So would you put it past an ambitious businessman to speculate to accumulate. And finally, there is another option. Could Wells have just enjoyed the most incredible good luck? To keep with the gambling vocabulary, that option might be very long odds, but even rank outsiders sometimes come in. Whichever it is, the casino have never worked out how he achieved his success. Oh, or if they have, they're not letting on. Whichever way he won, Wells had arrived with about £400,000 and left with £4 million in today's money. More than enough to buy that yacht. Named the Palais Royal, no expense was spared as Wells lavished money on it and on Jeanette. Amongst its opulent interior, it contained a ballroom that could accommodate 50 guests. Each crew member's uniform cost £10,000 again in today's money. But after every high, there comes a low, and it came very fast for Charles Wells. Do you remember that I said just now that he arrived in Monte Carlo with £400,000? Yeah, well, that wasn't his money. It was all those investors back in London, and they wanted their money back. The following year, when the Palais Royal docked at the port of La Havre, the French authorities, who had their own axe to grind with Wells, arrested him and sent him for trial in London. In March 1893, Charles Wells was found guilty at the Old Bailey on 23 counts of fraud and was sentenced to eight years in prison. How the mighty fall! Except Monte Carlo Wells, as he was now known, was a bit of a folk hero. Within weeks of that winning streak down there in Monaco, Fred Gilbert had written a little ditty about Charles Wells' exploits. The man that broke the bank at Monte Carlo. Music Hall performer Charles Coburn paid £10 for the rights and it became a sensational hit. So popular was the song that crowds gathered outside Wormwood Scrubs Prison to sing it to prisoner Charles Wells inside. And I walked along the Guadalajara with an independent air Who could hear the girl declare It was me and me air Who hear them shy and wish to die And see them with the other eyes And the man who wrote the band at Monte It remained a stable act of Coburn's act until the 1940s and he later estimated that he had performed it about 250,000 times in 14 languages during his career. The man that broke the bank at Monte Carlo would have still been popular during World War I, so Peter O'Toole singing it as he rides through a desert canyon on his way to meet Prince Faisal in Lawrence of Arabia is in keeping, although there's no record that T. E. Lawrence ever actually sang it. Indeed, when the film was released in the 1960s, many in the audience would have recognised it from days not that long ago. The song lasted a lot longer than Charles Wells' fame. Having been serenaded by the crowds outside Wormwood Scrubs, he served the remainder of his sentence at Portland Prison in Dorset. He was released after six years for good behaviour. As a parting shot, he played the man that broke the bank at Monte Carlo on the organ in the prison chapel for his fellow inmates. With his experiences at Her Majesty's pleasure, you might imagine that he would have been a reformed character, <laughs> but leopards rarely change their spots. In 1910, using the alias of Lucien River, he set up a private bank in Paris, offering investors 365% interest rates. 365% rates of return. Would you smell a rat? Well, 6,000 people thought it was too good to be true and invested over £7 million in today's money before Wells fled with their cash to London. Now it was the turn of the British authorities to return the favour to the French by arresting him and sending him back to Paris where his real identity was revealed. In January 1912, he was sentenced to five years in prison in France. Wells died in obscurity in London in 1922. He was still with his lover, Jeanette, but the days of the luxury yacht were long gone. In fact, when he died, they were in arrears on their rent. So, next time you watch Lawrence of Arabia or hear the expression or hum the song, and I bet you will after this story, remember that it's about a real person who won a fortune at the casino, and to this day, no one knows how he did it. Fraud, publicity stunt, infallible system or pure luck, you take your pick. Charles Deville Wells, the man that broke the bank at Monte Carlo. Well, thanks for joining me today, and I hope you enjoyed that little story from history. Plenty more stories coming soon, so make sure you subscribe to my channel, or better still, sign up for my free newsletter so you don't miss out. Click on the link in the description. Thanks for your support, keep well, and I'll see you very soon. I haven't seen him wink the other eye, Of the man who wrote the bank at Monte Carlo.